beauty and terror. Hot pot and heartbreak and beauty and terror. Give me your hand. Heartbreak. Heartbreak. Let Everything Happen by Rainer Maria Rilke. God speaks to each of us as he makes us, then walks with us silently out of the night. These are the words we dimly hear. You, sent out beyond your recall, go to the limits of your longing, embody me. Flare up like flame and make big shadows I can move in. Let everything happen to you. Beauty and terror. Just keep going. No feeling is final. Don't let yourself lose me. Nearby is the country they call life. You will know it by its seriousness. Give me your hand. The website... The Pacific Index delivers a nice summation of this poem. The lines, let everything happen to you, beauty and terror, just keep going, no feeling is final, speaks to the world's current state and how, although things are bad currently, these feelings and problems will pass eventually. Rilke calls for the reader to experience everything about life, because without suffering, there would be no beauty. Like I said, this passage appears in Jojo Rabbit. Uh, this is the website writing. Uh, a comedy slash war drama about the Holocaust by Taika Watiti and speaks heavily to the theme of that movie. It's a beautiful passage to live by and to use to reflect on life. Though times are tough, there are always ways to find beauty in the world around us, including through poetry or even just the view <laughs> outside your window. I've got a link to the that review in the book if you'd like to check it out on hotpotforlife.com. So back to my story. You know, I've hinted at deciding to end this whole journey a few times. I, I, I know it's an old, you know, it's never going to happen. I just don't have the guts. I worry about those around me. I'm just weak. Give me your hand. Let me be with you and feel the love of others. I don't know who you are. I don't know who you are, but I'm seeking you. My son Elliot has survived so much, and he's dealt with so much pain and upheaval in his life. He lost his older brother. He lost his family. But he continues on. He doesn't need more pain. He needs happiness. My two dogs are my family, Harbor and Jax. You know, I look at them and wonder what life would be like for them without me. It's probably probably fine. <laughs> They're adorable. Someone would take them. I don't want that. You know, I worry. I mentioned earlier about the Sif John Stevens album, Carrie and Lowell, and how much it meant to me. You know, I, I didn't explain fully why. He makes this statement, the following statement in the, the song, Drawn to the Blood from Carrie and Lowell. My prayer has always been love. My prayer has always been love. I believe that and I believe in it. My prayer has always been love. When I meet someone, I feel love in my heart. 
you know, until they prove to be a dick. <laughs> That's not always, but frequently. So how's the song go? I'm going to read it. I'm drawn to the blood, the flight of a one-winged dove. How? How did this happen? How? How did this happen? The strength of his arm. My lover caught me off guard. How? Head of a rabbit. How? Head of a rabbit. For my prayer has always been love. What did I do to deserve this? With blood on my sleeve, Delilah, avenge my grief. How? God of Elijah. How? God of Elijah. As fire to the sun, tell me what I have done. How? Heart of a dragon. How? Heart of a dragon. For my prayer has always been love. What did I do to deserve this now? How did this happen? I, I bought that album for everyone I knew after Dan passed away. I mean, it just, it, it brought me to tears. It was such, it's such an amazing album. What, what a beautiful sentiment. What an eternal question. What did I do? to deserve this. What did any of us do to deserve this? How did this happen? How did this happen? But life is precious. You know, I'm wrapping this thing up, but, but I am going to write another book. It's going to be about Fantastic Sam's, the franchise world. You know, I've mentioned that a few times. It's going to be called Zero Accountability, My Experience in a Franchise. It's going to be a lot of work. You know, I have some time now, but I'm I'm going to try and plow into it. I have hundreds of emails and pages and pages and pages of documentation about everything that went on. <laughs> so until then, you know, I love you all. Oh, I wrote an epilogue, so we're not quite done. Thank goodness, because we're only six minutes in. <laughs> I thought I was done, but I had another hot pot experience. Yep. Hot pot came around again. Yeah, after my business was shut down, I went into a tailspin and I, I my day my, my diet went back to something you'd call more normal. I'd swing into a Wendy's or a Chick fil A to get chicken. I mean it's something I never did when I was on hot pot. I was making hamburgers you know, on buns <laughs> at home. I didn't care about my weight anymore. By the time I made it to South Carolina, to my parents' home, I was pushing 190 to 195 pounds. That's a bit up from the 175 I'd, I'd reached. You know, every night in this new home, I'd eat my mom's great cooking. <laughs> Always had carbs, but I, I was just like, yep, you know, I'm settling in here. Then I took a long weekend trip with my dogs. It drove up to Lewisburg, Pennsylvania, where, where I grew up. We were going to have a mini high school reunion with some friends from different parts of the country and, and some of the folks that lived in the area. While I was there, I did things like eat La Casa de Pizza. It's the best pizza in town. A, a Greek family that started this pizza restaurant. That I, It's hard to describe how good these pizzas are. So I ate there twice. <laughs> I had pizza twice. I ate what I wanted. I, I never eat pizza anymore, ever. <laughs> I just didn't care. By the time I returned to Hilton Head, I was just shy of 200 pounds. 
you know, my shorts and pants were getting tight. I, I just didn't ever want to backtrack. I didn't want to buy larger clothes again. I donated all my lar- larger stuff to Goodwill, you know, back in Minnesota. My dress pants were getting tight. I mean, how can I go to job interviews looking like a knockwurst? <laughs> so I went back to Hot Pot. Yeah, I did. I bought, I I'd brought a ton of Hot Pot bases, you know, the soup bases with me. I mean, I, I had boxes of them. I, I went nuts. I mean, that's me. That's what I do. I bought a bunch of veggies and some frozen shrimp, you know, at the grocery store nearby. I set my stuff up in the kitchen on the island. I didn't want to just take over the dinner table where everyone ate. So now every night I have my hot pot. And you know, you know what? In two weeks, I lost 10 pounds. And I'm not done. I'm, I'm going to go back down to 180 at least. It, it felt so good being that light. This time I'm eating almost all vegetables and shrimp. I mean, just seriously, I just, I'm almost a vegetarian. You know, my shaved beef, what I, what I buy in Minneapolis, it's just not here. I can't find it, but I'm okay with that. So I've proven that the hot pot diet works twice. (laughs) I'll do it again if I have to, you know, if you don't believe me. But remember the diet does require heartbreak, massive heartbreak. Check. I still look around, I look at women. I imagine my life, you know, with a random, beautiful 60-year-old woman that maybe that's her age. I see her at the grocery store, or maybe walking, you know, different people. I have conversations at the park about the dogs. When it, women want to know about Harbor and Jacks, what breed are they? Are they siblings? Yes, they're brothers. They're four years old. They're ducks and Havanese mixes. But this guy, I pat Harbor on the back. He got all the ducks and... And then this guy, and I pat Jacks on the back, he got all the Havanese. They're 10 pounds apart. They're inseparable. The woman usually says that they're adorable, gives me a smile, and then she moves on. I imagine sometimes having more of a conversation. Maybe there'd be something. You know, I'm interesting, I think. Then I remember I'm 57 years old, living with my parents, two great dogs, a 2018 Nissan Pathfinder, two guitars, two computers, that's my life. How attractive is that? It's not. I can't. Hey, want to come back to my parents' place? <laughs> I've been networking on the island. It's not like I've given up. You know, I, I will find a new career somehow. I know it. I don't know where it'll be. I'm looking almost everywhere except California. But if I stay here on Hilton Island, I can build up my you know financial situation by getting a job and staying here with my family if I'm lucky. Can you imagine if I had no family to turn to? I mean, I was in Minnesota with almost no money. I couldn't find a job. You know, in the realm I was looking for in marketing. I'm sure I could have found a job at UPS. I could have taken any other job. I could have gone into a whole new world. But it it wouldn't have been in my field. And once I left my field, there's no going back. I have a ton of talent. I know I'll eventually find a place where I can make decent money and really have an impact and get get health benefits. <laughs> yeah. So you know what's funny? My definition of beauty is my own. You know, it's it's soul beauty. It's it's whatever form of beauty it, it can come out in many ways. I'm sure we have all our own 
reaction to what beauty is. You know, natural beauty, trees, flowers, wildlife. How beautiful is a bird? Lori and I had bird feeders that, you know, she'd keep well stocked. We had a bird bath. It was electrically heated for the cold Minnesota winters. I'd keep it clean. I filled it all winter and all summer. You know, in summer didn't need the heater. I found Lori to be beautiful. But after she kicked me out, several of my uh, fellow employees, people that worked for me, they said she was dumpy, that she didn't deserve me, that I needed someone worthy of my love. That was beauty. Beautiful, huh? But I thought she was beautiful and still is. I love souls. I love intelligence. I love to be engaged. I mean, what is beauty? It's how each of us defines our own beauty. I knew I was in the presence of beauty when my soul found you know, felt okay. I knew I was in the presence of beauty when I was happy. I didn't need sexual relations. I needed love. Lori was and probably is beautiful. I know I just said that, but it needs explaining. I think that her soul is pure. It's full of trouble and self-doubt. I think she's afraid, for real. I think she became afraid that I would somehow hurt her because I could not get her love. You know, the love I wanted, the affection. I think she knew she could not give that to me and she kicked me out. Kicked me out of her life. You know, I think every single one of the women I dated after that or have been friends with have sensed this desperation, have fled. And I understand why. I do understand why and I apologize to everyone. I tried. I don't know what happens now. I'll, I'll keep trying for a job. If I don't, I'm getting, if I don't end up getting a job in my marketing career, money's going to dry up. I have about three thousand dollars left after the sale of some of the business assets. I'm hoping for another twenty-six hundred dollars from the state of Minnesota for my unemployment insurance. I paid into unemployment insurance unemployment insurance when I was not actually allowed to. Because I was 100% owner of a business. I didn't know this rule. You know, my payroll company just paid it automatically. So the total amount I had paid was to be refunded to me. They have it flagged that way online. Two separate people have told me that it's on its way. But if I don't develop something or find something soon, I'll get a job as a waiter. I'll change my life completely. I'll leave the corporate world forever. Which I wouldn't mind. That, that would be it. I mean, I, I could change what I'm doing. I could go join my friend Jeff in Wyoming, you know, with his business, irrigation, snow clearing. He's always said that the dogs and I could stay with him. I could work for him. I could help with his business. You know, maybe we'd grow. Maybe I'd find a way to start my own business. You know, who knows? Maybe that's the right path. So I'm going to wrap all this up with something I, I wrote recently. I don't really have a title for it. It's just, I'm going to call it Hell If I Know What To Do. <laughs> so here goes. Hell If I Know What To Do. There's a long road left before me. A long, long road, and I have no idea where you'll find me. Once I have won, because there's no way I'm stopping, despite the heartbreak and failures, I can't remember what else I should do. I can't remember what else I should do. My dogs are around me. They shadow me night and day. You would say the three of us are bonded in that way. So how can one leave a bond? They can't.
So peace, peace to you. I mean it. Life is too hard. So be good to each other. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. Take care. I hope you enjoyed this story, and uh, I'll, I'll talk to you on my next podcast when I finally get that going. Thank you so much for listening. Share this with a friend, and I, I really hope to talk to you soon. I'll get something going. Take care. Bye-bye. Hell if I know what to do. There's a long road left before me. A long, long road, and I have no idea where you'll find me once I have won, because there's no way I'm stopping despite the heartbreaking failures. I can't remember what else I should do. I can't remember what else I should do. Heartbreak. Heartbreak. Heartbreak.